Welcome to Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. I'm Caitlin White. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, nearly one in five U.S. adults lives with a mental health condition that varies in degree of severity. Discussing mental health concerns isn't always easy, and it's difficult to know where to start or who to turn to. We're here with Dr. Ingrid Van Swearingen, a physician at Evergreen Health Primary Care in Canyon Park, to discuss mental health. Dr. Van Swearingen, thank you so much for joining us today. Start off by telling us how you define mental health. Well, that's a good question. I think it's being able to be in touch with your emotions and your day-to-day stresses without feeling overwhelmed by them. Place in your life where you're able to really enjoy the things that you love, being with your family, exercising, getting outside, you know, whatever is meaningful to a person. So I think that that can be hard to find today, especially this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. with everything that's been going on. Absolutely. So what are some of the most commonly diagnosed mental health conditions you see? Well, in family medicine, we treat mental health conditions really frequently. Some days it's as much as about maybe half of my visits. We see a lot of depression, anxiety. Sometimes we see bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, attention deficit problems and struggles, kind of everything. When we see really highly dangerous conditions that are escalating, you know, people who are having hallucinations, then we would loop in a specialist like a psychiatrist. But often for the really common conditions like depression or generalized anxiety, we can really help a lot with those, can help people get the treatment that they need, whatever that is. We have access to a few options. And I know there is a range, but are there any common symptoms that might kind of give you a red flag to a mental health condition brewing? Sure. Well, I think most people have some idea of, you know, feeling super anxious all the time or just feeling really sad or frustrated or irritable all the time. I think one thing that they are less aware of is the way that these conditions make it really difficult to derive any pleasure from things that would normally be really enjoyable to you, which is called anhedonia. So maybe you normally would love playing with your kids, but now it just feels really exhausting and like a chore or somebody who normally loves baking for their family. It just feels like another thing on their to-do list that they can barely stand to think about. And so that's a sign that maybe the stress you're feeling is not just normal day-to-day stress. Um, I think another thing that people often may not realize is a sign that something going on is more than the average day-to-day symptoms would be when you start having anxiety about the anxiety. So you're not, you know, stressed about some big project at work. You actually are worrying about the stress itself that you're feeling and how everything seems to make you anxious. And even little simple things like going to the grocery store just generate a huge amount of stress so that you can barely even concentrate on it. And that also is a sign that the anxiety you're feeling is not kind of the average normal stress response, but something that maybe is not as healthy of a, of a response. And we can help with that. Now, when should individuals seek out professional help if they might be facing a mental health challenge? Well, with most mental health conditions, really, it's a problem when it's becoming a problem for you. Some people can tolerate a pretty high level of stress and they feel like kind of at a deeper level. It doesn't really bother them. They're used to it. They're 
functioning really well day to day. They're still able to have fun when they have a chance to have fun. But when the the symptoms you're feeling, you know, low mood or the irritability are becoming, are starting to interfere with your ability to function day to day at your job, at home, with your family, then that is really interfering with your ability to be your true self and to let your own personality shine through. That really is when it's a good idea to try to find help because once you get to that point, the longer people wait to try to reach out for help, sometimes it can be a little bit more of a process to get them feeling more like their usual self. So how do you as a doctor diagnose a mental health condition? Well, often patients will book the appointment to talk about their concerns with their mental health. And usually if somebody thinks that they're depressed or that they have an anxiety condition, they probably do. We usually initially start by having them go through a kind of checklist of specific symptoms and how frequently they've had those symptoms to kind of get a semi-quantitative idea of where they're at that day. Um, And we also have really specific diagnostic criteria for each condition of, you know, sets of symptoms and how many symptoms typically somebody would have in order to be diagnosed with that condition versus a severe version of that condition. So it's pretty straightforward to diagnose these conditions usually. Sometimes if it's not clear to me, for example, if someone is struggling with ADHD versus anxiety because they can actually look really similar in adults, then we might request an expert assist us to clarify the diagnosis because the treatment may be different depending on the underlying condition we're trying to treat. Now, what about treatment? What are some options there? Well, I think most people, when they think of treatment for depression and anxiety, think about medication. We have some very safe medications. We always start with medicine that is non-addictive and that is going to be the lowest risk option in terms of side effects or dangerous adverse effects. We also often talk about day-to-day lifestyle factors that people could focus on to try to kind of help boost the healthier aspects of their life. I find it's often useful to try to make a goal with a patient of a really specific thing, even if it's like, well, you know, if you can try to get out and walk for just 15 minutes every day this week, that would get you some fresh air. Things like that seem small, but they do add up. And then we also have access to therapy services in the community, which can be pretty difficult for patients to connect with on their own. But at Evergreen Health, we have access to a service that will actually do all that footwork for them to get them connected with a community mental health professional, usually a therapist or counselor, who can do the type of therapy that they need. And in many cases, they will let us specify some criteria that would help the patient connect with their mental health professional better, for example, if they are more comfortable with a certain gender or something. And so I think most people do best with a combination of what we call behavioral activation, maybe some medication, and working with a therapist to try to focus on building those skills that put them a little bit more in control of their symptoms day to day. Now, on the topic of control, what are some things that someone could do to ease their symptoms in the moment, say an anxiety attack, a panic attack, something like that? Well, I think it can feel pretty overwhelming in the moment to the point that they might not even remember there is something they can do. 
I think that often if you're in an overstimulating, you know, very chaotic environment, if you can step into another room, even for just a moment where it's a little quieter, that can help. And it maybe sounds a little cliche, but taking deep breaths actually really does help. That's why stereotypically they would ask people to breathe into a paper bag when they're having an anxiety attack. Really, if you take a very deep breath in and then breathe out really, really slowly, that pressure change in your chest will actually lower your heart rate, the physiologic response. And as your heart rate goes down, often your fight or flight reaction will also kind of tone down a little bit. So taking those really deep breaths and then breathing out very slowly for a few minutes can actually really help tone down that anxiety attack. Maybe not get rid of it completely, but give people a little bit more ability to to kind of get on top of it. And if you're having those attacks frequently, there certainly are as-needed medications we can provide that are non-addictive that kind of kick in quickly and help people chill out for a few hours at a time. And so that can be a good tool as well while we're trying to get out-of-control symptoms to sort of start to respond to medication. And as we wrap up here, do you have any other tips or tricks to overall improve mental well-being? Well, I think this year I've been seeing more anxiety and depression than usual, which is totally understandable. I've seen a lot of people who their usual day-to-day routines and rhythms have just been basically taken away from their life. And so they're at home all day. They're not able to go to the gym. They're not able to see their friends. They're not able to see their work colleagues. And I think that trying to focus on any way that you can get back into some of those things that previously kind of gave your life structure and meaning now that things are opening back up. I think that trying to get back into those rhythms of day-to-day life as safely as you can, that alone is going to do a lot for mental health. For people who maybe have been struggling with mental health conditions for longer and, you know, this is nothing new to them, but maybe worse than before this year, but not new. I think everyone it's not really a one-size-fits-all approach, but working with a counselor to try to build some more specific skills that you can use in the moment to kind of recognize some of those automatic unhealthy thought patterns and redirect them is one of the most effective things that you can do long-term. And certainly going to see your doctor and talk with them about what can help in the short term is also a really good idea because you, you, know, you don't have to just suffer. We can often do a lot to help you. Well, Dr. Van Swearingen, thank you so much for this great conversation and for the work you do at Evergreen Health. Quality of life and well-being begins with your mental health. Discussing your concerns with your primary care provider is the first step if you're worried about your mental health. To establish care with an Evergreen Health PCP, please visit evergreenhealth.com slash primary dash care dash physician or call the 24-hour nurse hotline at 425-899-3000. That's 425-899-3000. This has been Checkup Chat with Evergreen Health. I'm Caitlin White. Stay well.